Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm a cool guy. Are you are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Favors, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. I have no mouth and must podcast. And Jim. I've killed the previous Jim and taken over his podcasting duties. He will not be mourned. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we cover episode four, part two of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 4, part 2's title is Doug Rocks. Uh, so this episode... Really quick, really yeah, quick. Yeah, please. Doug Rocks is, in two words, one of the most egregious lies ever told. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely so. <laughs> this episode is... Like, if you wanted to indict the entire concept of classic <laughs> rock... I think you'd show this episode. This and that's saying a lot. Energy. <laughs> Classic rock has a lot of things you can indict it for, but uh, this one yeah, being too good. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink at the audience. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm so sorry to is, interrupt. Go ahead. No, please. This is perfect. Uh, so this is the episode where Doug learns about. Uh, music but not like the music that he's played before but about like pop music uh so the episode begins with doug writing in his journal about how he's the only kid uh who doesn't have a favorite band but it's weird right because he we've learned previously that he plays an instrument right um and has never danced uh is this is this like common among musicians i'm super not a musician but do people who play instruments sometimes not have favorite bands no, I mean, yeah. people that make music listen to all sorts of music, even like if they don't particularly like it. Yeah. I was a kid who was not into music like at all, but Same. there was a thing, like my parents played it from time to time and I knew what some of the songs I liked were and I knew the artist were. And so if somebody asked me who my favorite musician was, I could name the act from the early 80s that they fucking loved. All right, I'm a little different in that regard because I couldn't name anything. I probably, I don't think I had like someone who I could say was my favorite band until like eighth grade when I found like a comedy band from Canada. Yeah, right. No, (laughs) even worse, actually. Um, It was a comedy band from Canada called The Arrogant Worms. Moving on. Uh, That sounds very, that sounds very hipster, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm a cool guy. Um, yeah, you've probably never heard of them. Well, that's a stinger of this episode to write it out. I'm cool, and both of us <laughs> losing our shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay, but, uh, so that's what we learned, that Doug uh, never had a favorite band. And I have in my notes, like, because the reason I got into, like, I was a big dad rock guy until well into college, and... The reason I was a big dad rock guy is because my parents listened to dad rock. And I just want to know, like, what kind of music Doug's parents listen to. I just well, imagine them just, like, sitting in the living room listening to the Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, just, reminiscing. Just, about like, the nodding, and... nodding very slowly. Not, right. not no emotion whatsoever. Right. Uh, for our viewers, can you describe dad rock in yeah, your dad own rock, words? In your own dad, words. <laughs> dad rock 
uh, is music that your dad listens to. It, it's all like 70s and 80s, like hard rock and glam rock and like light metal. Just any band from the 70s and 80s. Got it. Basically. Okay. Is that you've used the term butt rock before too? Is that what that is? Butt rock is <laughs> strictly in the 80s and it's stuff like Van Some Halen. butt rock edged out into the early 90s. It was a dying genre by then, but it's yeah, still. Van existed. Halen and a Twisted Sister. Basically, like anybody that had like a. Uh, it's rock that's very heavily filtered through the 80s and it just has no intelligence attached to it whatsoever which is fine that's all the music I listen to it's just <laughs> just zero thinking is there a correlation between that you listen to this music and that you love Doug when you were growing up almost certainly <laughs> allow me to put this in a way that our fellow 90s kids can completely understand dad rock is the starter <laughs> Pokemon it evolves into butt rock and then butt rock reaches its full form in heavy metal. Okay, uh, now I get it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Right. Let's I think there's some <laughs> cartoon from the 90s that wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the Charizard. Yeah, um, there we go. So uh, Doug is he's like, all right, so he's walking to his friend Skeeter's place uh, after he writes about this in his journal. He reminisces going back to Skeeter's place. Um, And there's music playing from Skeeter's room, uh, and the lyrics that we hear are, I thought I was such a nerd, I refused to touch that strange beat curd. And he opens the door, and Skeeter is just, like, jamming, right? Skeeter's popping off listening to music. My note here is Tom Petty-ass music. Is it? Well, I did a wicked, because I can see that it's, that the Beats, which is the band that he likes, it's called the Beats. They're definitely influenced by the Beatles, the Who, and Led Zeppelin. But I was just like curious as to like get, just get more information, so I Wikipedia'd it, and it says that their sound is supposed to be a parody of the Ramones. Which, if you don't know, no. if you've never heard a Ramones song, it's actually less complex than a fucking uh, beat <laughs> song. Yeah, the Ramones can be best summed up as uh, like raw enthusiasm and emotion and passion being transmuted through people who don't know how to play any of their instruments. It's really remarkably simple stuff that is being carried by somebody shouting his feelings at you. Also, what 11-year-old in 1991 is listening to the Ramones? Like, come on. I'm positive that exists. I mean, Almost definitely (laughs) it existed somewhere. Yeah. But actually, given what we learned later in the episode, it's believable Skeeter would do that. Because I completely buy that Papa Skeeter has. Let's get into Papa Skeeter as we meet speak him. To him. Let's let's get into Skeeter's family as we meet them. Uh, yes. But uh, so he's listening to this song. It's called "Killer Tofu," which is the next line after uh, Doug opens the door. And now, growing up, I always interpreted that. And maybe I was just a dumb idiot child baby, but I remember that song. I think a lot of our listeners will. Um, and I always interpreted it as they were saying tofu would kill you, right? That tofu is like scary and they didn't like it. But as you listen to the actual lyrics, it's about how tofu is good. So like, I, I, I think given that and given that they're called the Beats, I think the Beats are like a health rock band. Like I think that yeah. that's their genre. God, that, that actually tracks. Sense. 
Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's so it's, he lame. To, he wants to have like a positive influence on the kids that are watching Doug. So he's just like, hey, let's make songs about eating how cool eating healthy is. Right. And like there's also songs about, you know, that you eat sugar and it hurts your teeth or whatever. Right. So I think that the beats are the Ramones, but a subgenre called health rock. So, so fucking lame. It's the lamest <laughs> goddamn thing I could think and of. And I think we can complete this with the knowledge that Skeeter has a poster in his room that reads, Beat to the Beats. <laughs> also has something, he also has a... Uh, when you're going into his room, he just has a sticker on the door. It says Skeeter Zone, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the well, things, there's our merch sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that like is very uh, that that's really stuck with me about Doug, other than everything else about the show, <laughs> is like the songs. They're very infectious. Like I don't like them. I've never liked them. Even when I was a kid, I was just like, I just need to get this out of my head. But like. They're very earworm songs. Yeah. Because yeah. I can I can do all I know all of them in my head right now. Like every one, every single one that they've done. Like Definitely. Get big. Or think <laughs> I don't I, remember I, that I, one. I, okay, I fuck I already <laughs> fucked it up and <laughs> go on. Okay, okay. So but yeah, I, I think we'll 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 play a clip of the song, but I think like a lot of people who ever watch Doug will remember it immediately. Yes. Um so Skeeter's jamming and Doug says to Skeeter who are the beats, right? Because uh, Skeeter's jamming, he's like, these are the beats, yeah, I love the beats. Doug's like, who are the beats? So that tells me that given that Skeeter's room is like covered in beat merchandise, that Doug is either the most oblivious person ever, which, sure, but also maybe he's just never been to Skeeter, his best friend's room before? I don't know. Entirely possible. Yeah. So he learns who the beats are. Uh, And Porkchop already knows who the beats are, obviously, because he's the smart guy here. Yes, Porkchop knows all things. (laughs) Right. Then, Um, like, this is the part, like, this is one of the first moments of, okay, someone does not understand the core concept, because Skeeter, just horrified on discovering that Doug does not know about the beats, is going to explain how to be big into them, how to become a proper beatnik, and... (sighs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's like, uh, you know, that's what Judy... Jim Jenkins, you posted cringe, bro. You're posting cringe. (laughs) Jim Jenkins, log off. Log off. <laughs> Jim Jenkins, please stop. My family oh. is dying. <laughs> but Does, uh, does uh, Doug have the fantasy at this point, or is it after? The uh, it's after. Skeeters plays air guitar and is explaining how it works to Doug, and then just there's a joke here about how, yeah, I was gonna like, buy a guitar, but this was cheaper. Hold up. Uh-huh. Joke Hold- adjacent product. Hold up. So... Skeeter teaches Doug to play air guitar. Doug plays banjo. Like, Doug doesn't know what... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that. Holy shit. Doug doesn't know how to play air guitar, but he literally plays a stringed guitar instrument. Right? Isn't banjo, like, harder to play than the guitar? Yes! <laughs> like banjo is all finger picking, and like guitar is, is sometimes that, but not necessarily. But certainly, uh, banjo is more complex than air guitar, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, at this point, uh, Doug puts on a wig so he can play air guitar, which raises many, many questions about Doug's hair situation. 
Well, I think they're just inter- impersonating being the beats. Like it's Skeeter funny has to me that Skeeter has multiple wigs, so he can just like be different members of the beats. <laughs> What, what's, what's Skeeter has multiple wigs it. because <laughs> cult, biz, yeah, cult business requires Skeeter to uh, take on a number of identities. I There are many people wearing that wig who have been cited in many positions adjacent to several mysterious disappearances in the greater Bluffington area. <laughs> he has to be able to disappear at a moment's notice with an The Liver City Strangler has yet to be found. <laughs> he was wearing a pink afro, and I don't know anyone else who has one. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how his hair grew out like that. That's weird. <laughs> Shit. Just, uh, detectives in Bluffington just have absolutely no idea what a wig is. Just like, Man, how did that happen? I, I believe everything else out of hand. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay, so Doug learns to play air guitar, which is way harder than regular guitar. And uh, then he has a fantasy about playing in a band uh, where he's not playing guitar. In the fantasy, he's just swinging singing. a microphone and singing. Right? It's really funny to me that his fantasy is filling up like half an outdoor stadium. <laughs> Well, wow. no, his Patty fantasy... says he's cute in tones of deep bemusement. Like, <laughs> oh, he's cute. Oh, Me. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, he, he also, like, the crowd is kind of horrifying if you look at it. There's, like, a guy with, like, uh, like he, he, he looks sort of like a ogre almost with, like, one eye. There's a guy, uh, there's a sign in the back that says, We Heart Doug, and it's being held by disembodied hands. Like, there's <laughs> no one attached to those hands. So, like, I, I think Doug's fantasy zone is just full of his own, like, horrors. The mind palace has been corrupted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he is in Skeeter's sanctum while this is happening, so it's possible that it's been disrupted. Anyway, he's throwing his hands up in triumph at the fact that people are saying it's okay to be him. And then we fade out of the imagination zone, and we find that they are now walking down a street, and Doug is still throwing his hands up in the air, all like, Hell yeah! People in my imagination think I'm cool! And Skeeter is quizzing him on band trivia. Well, as we learned from uh, the last episode where they go to camp, uh, Doug's fantasies take place in real time. Like, while he's doing things in the real world, he's also, like, interpreting it in, like, an augmented reality sort of way, like when Roger was dangling the, uh, like, supposed fake snake in front of his head, right? Gentle like, viewer, look up what a disassociative episode is. Tell 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 us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to have a. I know what opinion. it is, but just I, for, I the, mean, yeah. for the audience. Yeah, me too. Yeah, tell yeah, Jim, tell us for idiot listeners. Well, the joke works better if it's just left there. But anyway, the uh, deal with a disassociative episode is it's this thing when people who are suffering from various types of mental illness just kind of. They feel like somebody else is operating their body, not them. They're just sitting by and watching while a bunch of weird stuff happens. Doug just goes to another place. And meanwhile, his body does things. 
What are those things? Don't worry about it. Adjacent to this discussion, um, how much time do you think is supposed to have passed between like him having the fantasy and then him getting quizzed over Beats trivia? Like, is he a fan for like forty minutes? Has this been days? Like, it's not really clear to me. Right, and he must have. It must have been some amount of time because he knows all the answers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but also, it, it like, doesn't. It, it, it doesn't like have any any indication that's been more than a few minutes, other than he knows all this shit. Yeah. Also, wow. important side note: he is being trained to be a music fan in the most insufferable fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations! Absolutely. You can now list off a bunch of bad music trivia. This is definitely equivalent to being a fan of something. Well, at least he has the wig to go along with it. Fucking Christ. Yeah. But yeah, so he's having this episode as they walk down the street uh, and learn about trivia. And we run into uh, our pal, Mr. Mister Dink. And Mr. Dink has once again, like, has a piece of technology that is, like, used in the current world today. Uh, just like how he invented the Fitbit last time. Now he's invented, effectively, like a fucked up MP3 player, right? Yes, except for the fucked up MP3 player. Like, the boys immediately try to make the excuse that, ah, sorry, we're too busy going to, I don't know, somewhere. Don't think about it too hard. And he says, ah, you don't have much time? That's exactly what this is for. And it's a thing that compresses all of a musical thing into a single very loud sound. Just like this podcast. Yes. (laughs) And then he presses the button, and there's a very loud explosion. And Mr. Dink says, that was the complete works of Ludwig von Beetgarden. You get it? It's a joke. And that's it. Yeah, so that's a very good, like, that's very pristine Doug, where it's just like, (laughs) why why did they do that? (laughs) Like, there's, you can't, his name isn't copyrighted. Like, it's classic music. You can say, you can say his real name. Also, no part of this plays into the larger plot of the episode at all. Like, well, in I mean, other a- TV shows, there's this thing where, all right, if so many of the actors ha- are on contract, even in an episode that does not feature them under normal circumstances, they have to crowbar an appearance for the actor in. Like, that's a th- problem that other TV shows have. These are all voice actors. You don't have to crowbar Mr. Dink in just for the sake of filling 30 seconds. This isn't know, necessary. He, we, learn, we know he's the main character of the show. And we he know he's the main character, but like, this isn't even, like, there's no connection to anything else happening besides the fact Mr. Dink says the word beat. Yeah, so the other thing I wanted to point out is that this is basically like an experimental CIA weapon that he has. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those sonic sonic blasters that like they tried to develop in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. That would just cause like disorientation. The Um, chaos noise marines and Warhammer. Pretty much, yeah. Like the people thought that yeah, we could communicate secret messages or drive you temporarily nuts with this stuff. No, it just your brain takes it in as a wow, that was a loud noise. Anyway, moving the fuck on. So you're saying that Mr. Dink is working for a secret organization uh, and being an an R and D guy for them. Look, Actually, I don't want shit, to say anything sense. by cer- I don't want to say anything like too certain, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fair, it good, does explain good. why he's investigating the Honkerberger cult. That right. he's here on assignment. 
and why he has and how well, he's he got a all writer. these very, and yeah and how yeah, he got all these very writer. expensive things as a writer and Man. his wife is still barely tolerating his shit but his barely tolerating the shit is t- undertowed with can we please drop the cover story can we have a better cover story just for once dear his, his wife's it's another like, agent yeah it's like the show the americans but boring <laughs> <laughs> fair um yeah but so they they listen they hear this sound and then, but like Jim, you brought the point of um, that they immediately go, Mr. Dink, we're too busy. We're too busy to do this. But they're, the thing that they're going to do is go sit on Doug's stoop and read a magazine. Yep. They're just like, they're just, do they not like Mr. Dink? Like, do we... I mean, I can't blame them. <laughs> Neither can I. But until this point, we've kind of thought that they liked it. I guess, I guess Doug was having that super visceral reaction to the videotape. Like maybe yeah, he's like, fucking hate oh no, <laughs> he's trying to show Not me a again. piece of technology. Please, yeah. no. He's going to MK Alls for me again. <laughs> the disassociative episodes. I just had a longer one than usual. I don't need another one. Right. One, one thing I have in my notes is they, like, after the sonic blast happens, like, Mr. Dink's voice is hoarse. It's not, like, if he's deaf, it should be loud. Like, they fuck that part up. Like, it doesn't make your voice scratchy to hear a loud noise. Sure. Maybe maybe he was just screaming in horror for that one second. <laughs> and just also, seeing... I do have to give some credit for this joke at the very end of it. Like, isn't it moving? Yes, dear. In fact, I'm leaving. <laughs> you, not the situation. I'm leaving you. <laughs> yes. Like, the you is left unspoken, but I feel we can understand it is being said. Right. It's implied. It's in little brackets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. summoned uniquely not by Doug suffering, but by Mr. Dink suffering, Roger materializes. The impetus for every conflict in every episode. Like, this has been 100% so far, right? It's always Roger making the action of the episode happen? I, I think mean, so. sort of in the first episode, the impetus of it was Doug moves in. I like, guess. Then later on in the second half, Roger is the reason for any of the nematode horse shit. Yeah, Mr. Sure. Dink is the antagonist in the first part of the first episode. <laughs> Roger's yes. the antagonist in the second part of the, of the episode. In the second, yeah, the second act, the true Greek chorus arrives. Yeah, Roger yes. calls them beat the Beat Brothers, even though, like, it's like, this is the reason I was asking, like, how much time has passed, because I don't know how much time has passed. Well, does he have reason to call them Beat Brothers if they've been, if Doug's been a fan for 40 minutes? I mean, I guess they're holding a magazine and they're listening to it, and they're wearing right, the wigs, but, right? I mean, that's, that, the wigs have almost, I don't think the wigs look like the Beats members, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> I, you know, like, there's nobody with written... a pink fro in the Beats. Isn't there, isn't the lead singer, like, or whatever, what's his, what's his face, fucking... It's not the same yeah. color. Yeah, yeah right. It's sort like, of curly, but it's not a fro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's one guy who's bald, and that's... Yeah, but Doug didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Doug should have been that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they're doing fantasies here. He doesn't have to be the ball guy every time. <laughs> you can imagine he has hair. Right. It's just like this is Doug's world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but yeah, so Roger rolls up wearing a beach shirt. So everyone in this town fucking loves the beats. Like, and Doug has just never heard of them. Um, well, the and he says, is three out of the six people who exist in the town are beat fans. Right. Um, and he says that the beats are having, in a roundabout way, he talks shit and says that the beats are having a surprise concert tonight in Bluffington that was just announced 
and it's already sold out, and Roger got the last two tickets. Now, I gotta ask, uh, this isn't this isn't the age before the internet. So how is something how is something like this advertised? Like I don't I don't like remember radio spots usually like Shorts. word of so mouth how, radio. How spots. did you buy the tickets? Zines. You go to the arena. You go to like the arena. There's a, also resellers. Like it was there was an entire organization of like shit to do this. Like they'd have like all the ticket giveaways and whatnot on bad radio stations. There'd mm. be posters. There'd be all sorts of stuff around to get word of mouth out. So, boy, if only instead of uh, Skeeter training Doug on the encyclopedia about beats, they had been listening to the music on the radio, they might have learned about this, right? Yes. Almost definitely, in fact. Yeah. Oh, well. And the other, like, (laughs) there's also just raising the question, why did Roger buy the last two tickets? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Did Did he take the cat? I think he took the cat. And so, like, yeah, I think he took the cat. And so, if Doug and Skeeter were to buy two, does that mean they couldn't bring Porkchop? Yes, right? exactly. Yes, they fucking must leave Porkchop out of this. The one okay. that knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there, is, there is a possibility that Roger, Roger does have other friends. He has those three minions. There is a possibility that he picked employee of the month to come with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. One thing Ringworm I want to... guy, congratulations. <laughs> Due to being the only one of my minions who has any distinguishing traits, you're coming to the concert with me. So also, Roger tells them that the beats are playing in this arena, and then uh, Doug and Skeeter immediately just, like, break into song about it. Like, they just start singing to Killer Tofu. Just imagine, like, if somebody was like, hey, Sam, Technotronic is, and before they finish, I go, pump up the jam, pump it up. <laughs> Look, why do I have be... to recall, why do I have to imagine this? I lived it several times <laughs> during college. Yeah, definitely. Oh, shit. I think that happened for any form of medium that we were ever told about. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, oh, Sam, yeah. Doug. Notice that we both did it with different songs right there. It's like Pavlovian response at this point. Which I'm sure this podcast is going to help out with and definitely make it a thousand percent worse. Yeah, we're definitely going to help ourselves and and our and the general populace. This is medicine. Gentle readers, we are your doctors. You've made terrible mistakes somewhere in your life. Yeah, but welcome, and thanks for being here. We appreciate your humoring us. Also, Roger has to explain the concept of tickets to Doug. (laughs) Also, also, it's in an arena, and Bluffington, Bluffington specifically, Bluffington is a town of 20,000 people. Yes, exactly. They have, like, a football arena. Is I They're mean, going I guess to that's play in the high school auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to assume that it's kind of like a Happy Valley, Pennsylvania situation where, like, the company that owns the town built the giant arena to try to, like, attract a sports team. Sure. And it just didn't happen. Well, in Happy Valley, it did happen. It's what Penn State's based out of. But. I have to assume it's something similar to that, that Mr. Bluff wants to make sure that when he is head of his own little neo-feudal cyberpunk dominion, <laughs> that he can have the Bluffington be somethings. Well, be we know that's th- definitely it. There is no, there's a sports team called the Honkers. They have a flyer for them in Doug's room. Uh, hmm. So I would imagine that this is like a, maybe like a tax shelter for Mr. Bluff, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. the honkers are definitely a tax dodge of some complex <laughs> nature. We'll see more of them, I have to assume, as this develops. Right, right. One, um, thing, one question I had is how popular, like, nationally do you think the Beats are? Are they, like, a local band that's, like, adored by Bluffington? <laughs> or is it, like, an actually, like, famous band that just tours the country? Because they're doing I mean, a surprise concert for a town of 20k people. But it sells out, so I have no idea. I think we're supposed to believe that it's a... Like, they're supposed to be huge. Like, yeah. it is understood that they are huge. And the question of why are they appearing in this town of 20,000 people... I believe has an answer that we will see by the end of the episode. They did not come to here to do a concert. Yeah. They came here to collect. Indulge. <laughs> they have we'll certain things they need, and there's a certain place that provides them. We'll get there. If you haven't figured it out by our dumb shit already, dear reader, <laughs> we'll get to what happens uh, with the beats. Uh, so... Roger is like, he's like, yeah, I got the last two tickets and Doug and Doug and Skeeter are just crushed. And then Roger leans in and says, don't you just love that tuba solo? Uh, does Roger, None of the beats Roger, play tuba. Yeah, has Roger ever listened to the beats? <laughs> does Roger know what music is? Does he know what a tuba is? Probably, probably not. Um, that's just a fun little thing about Roger. Um, <laughs> so they, they, this leads into very conveniently, uh, as is the case with every Doug episode, uh, there is a radio contest where they can win tickets to see the beats tonight. And Skeeter's response is, we can win between the two of us. We know everything. And Skeeter is the reason Doug knows anything at all, right? Yes. Between the yes. two of us, we know everything. By which I mean, I know everything <laughs> and you can provide me moral support. <laughs> And that's very generous of him. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, so they go to Skeeter's house to enter this contest. And Roger is also apparently invited. Roger's just hanging out in Skeeter's room, like you do. Yeah. He just Roger also turns house. white really temporarily in two right. of these like, frames. They I mean, just like run out of green ink. <laughs> well, stuff like that happens all the time in old shows like this. Like, I mean, I... Like how you can remember every episode of Doug from a frame, I can remember every episode of the original Scooby-Doo from any frame of uh, any one of the episodes. And that happened constantly in Scooby-Doo. So that was just well, that, that was just Scooby-Doo was a cartoon in the '60s. Yeah, like, well, Doug thirty was years. Ass. People being lazy <laughs> did not change appreciably in the intervening years. You still have right. to color Roger in, and like they just did it wrong. Like most Whatever. of the time. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive this. I'm already uh, No, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> There's way better things we can give them shit for than a mistake. Right. So one of the things like I'm definitely gonna give them shit for is when they, they get they there's like, oh, there's there's a radio contest, answer trivia, and then the first trivia question says that Wendy Nespa is the lead singer. She's not. You can tell. <laughs> like, you don't need my fucking brain disease about Doug to know she, like, the, the lead singer is not a woman. Right. Yep. And we meet the lead singer later, and we also meet Wendy, and yeah, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. The, the beats are kind of a high concept band. As far <laughs> right. as it's difficult to say what anyone involved actually does. Yeah, what is singing, man? <laughs> that's just a that's just a junk foodist conspiracy. <laughs> God. I'm sorry, I'm picturing one of these guys having a John Lennon style enlightenment slash breakdown. And it's just talking about how, like, Kellogg is trying to turn the freaking frogs gay. It's delightful. 
<laughs> Did John Lennon do that? Uh, John Lennon, uh, the thing that broke up the Beatles mostly was John Lennon got in big with Yoko Ono and got way into this high level. John gotcha. Lennon was the original galaxy brain. <laughs> that's gotcha. very accurate. I love that. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. yeah. That's relatable to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they're in, uh, in, in, in Skeeter's room again, and they're listing off trivia. The first two, like, I think all of these are just like little jokes, right? It's like, what was the singer's pet fruit bat's name, right? Um, but the third question is something that Skeeter doesn't know. And so obviously Doug doesn't know it. And then Doug happens to like grab the phone and say the phrase beats me, which is the answer. And so once again, Doug solves the problem through luck and through no decisions of his own or knowledge or expertise of his own, right? Yeah. This is and super like, common. Congratulations, you've won. And Roger continues to shit talk them while this is happening, <laughs> which why are you even here, Roger? Why right. did you let them in why did you let Roger into your house? I, <laughs> now I he think- has vampire privileges. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, Doug probably still thinks that Roger's sort of his friend, right? That's kind of been a theme of this. Is yeah, that... Doug may think that, except for the next thing Roger says is, even a loser like you gets lucky once in a while, funny. Once in a while? And no, Roger, no, <laughs> Doug will never get lucky. This is a safe assumption. Well, in that sense, sure. But in the sense of, like, the literal word of, like, Doug, Doug's lucky constantly. <laughs> That's the theme yeah. of the show. That, that was what propels most of these plots forward it's just stupid luck right however uh this episode there is a little bit further than that uh like doug actually makes a decision but we'll get there so skeeter we we go to like the dinner table doug, skeeter uh skeeter's mom says dinner's ready and roger is like yeah i'm gonna come too because skeeter's <laughs> mom also invites roger because i guess no one talks to their parents and tells them who is the bully at school um so they're all having family dinner together uh skeeter is like jamming out and annoying i would like family. to pause to note here yes. real fast the way they are laid out around the dinner table is fucked what <laughs> like the okay so the way it's laid out is Papa Valentine and Papa Valentine and the Valentines are all on one side of the table. So they don't look at each other while they're eating. I just assume they stare out the window. Like the way this is set up, imagine that if at a family dinner table there was the head of the table and then everyone seated on the right side of the table, the left side of the table left completely empty. Yeah. That's the way they evidently sit most of the time. So I'm going to tell you that's not that unusual because we did that growing up because on the other side of the table was the TV, right? Okay, that's acceptable. So, I understand this in that case. There is no TV here, however. Well, so I just guess that Mama Valentine and Baby Dale just spend the time staring at the wall in blank fascination while Papa Valentine and Skeeter stare at one another. Well, no, I mean, in this case, the replacement, however uh, mediocre for the TV, is Doug and Roger. Um, and this was often the case with my family table set up growing up, right? Um, is right. they sit in the direction where you would normally look for to watch an old episode of Friends. Right, <laughs> that's that's how this works. Um, Sensible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Skeeter's jamming out uh, to he's listening to like a Walkman and being like, "Yeah, the beats blah," and he pisses off his dad more and more by. Yeah, he's like he's like 
air drumming, but he's using his spoons to hit like bowls and shit. Like he's being very annoying. He's, he is. Mr. Valentine like opens up with like, so Skeeter, tell me about the uh, thing you're excited about going to the uh, a beat concert. Yeah, right. Which is more interest than Mr. Funny has showed Doug at any point in his life. <laughs> And Skeeter's yeah. just completely blowing it off. Yeah, Skeeter's dad has more character development than any of Doug's family so far, except for maybe the sister. But yeah, definitely more than Doug's parents. Yeah. And anyway, Doug is advising Skeeter that uh, I mean, maybe you should take your headphones off because Doug knows that the father is a force to be feared and respected, <laughs> whereas Skeeter does not. <laughs> and no gods, no masters. <laughs> <laughs> No, Skeeter is just rocking out like crazy, knocks gravy all over his dad, and dad grounds him. And we're led to, like, I have to admit, like, justified. Yeah. The kid's being an asshole. Totally. Like, and also, like, he keeps saying to Skeeter, he's like, hey, can you pay us pass the mashed, mashed, uh, and Skeeter's like, potatoes? He's like, yeah, pass the mashed potatoes. And Skeeter doesn't. He's like, yeah, sure. And then he doesn't do it. And then his dad's like, can you mash the gravy? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he doesn't, right? So, yeah, he's just kind of being a prick. Like, good job, probably. <laughs> yeah, I can't really, like, well, he fucks it's it up played later, up. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucked up later but i have to like they play it up that uh papa valentine has like anger issues but yeah no this is completely fucking justified right here i remember this scaring me as a kid yeah i mean that's because skeeter's dad like gets angry and when he gets angry his face turns get it beat red he turns he's like totally turns red yeah i did it thank you welcome guys uh but his face turns totally red and yeah i mean that's Sure, it's an indication of like being angry, but it's it is the it is probably the scariest character in the show at least so far. I mean, arguably yeah, maybe Roger, like, but yeah, to know. me, to me, it's just like Skeeter wasn't trying to. I, I maybe he was trying to be a prick. I don't know, but it seems like he wasn't trying to be a no. prick. And no, this no. is like this is a because like he does the counting exercises, so it's like he's this is him post like anger management. So that's yeah. what that's what scared me. It's just like yeah. this dude's like kind of volatile yeah and it's yeah. dad <laughs> right he doesn't there are get... implications this could go in a much darker place but at least in this original startup setup 100 critical support for mr valentine he doesn't the even, kids being a shit he doesn't even get through the counting exercise he goes yeah. one yeah. two ten and then flips out right so yeah. Yeah. i don't yeah it scared me too thinking i'm thinking back to it um but one thing i thought of like while i was watching this I was just imagining, like, you know how Skeeter Hong Kongs? I just oh, imagined, yeah. I just imagined his parents having, like, his dad, like, had a Hong Kong <laughs> that was, like, an 18-wheeler, and his mom was just like, beep, beep. <laughs> and then Dale does and a bad story of how you were conceived, I was, Skeeter. I was just laughing to myself for, like, five minutes, thinking about going, <laughs> it's very just, sensual. I'm so that smart. rules. I'm so goddamn smart, guys. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Patent that shit. <laughs> Dear Jenkins. <laughs> P.S. I am not a crackpot. <laughs> Please respond to me this time. Please don't listen to any of this show. <laughs> We're so or, sorry. Please don't call your lawyers. <laughs> parody, parody. This is none of this unactionable. Not actionable. Anyway, speaking of a lack of action, 
the uh then they move up to oh no he's been grounded tragedy he can't go but Doug can and Roger is very clearly putting the moves on Doug here. Doug. Like, I guess we could go together, Doug. Doug, you can be employee of the month. <laughs> no, Maybe. He, doesn't even, he doesn't even have to be employee of the month. He can bring employee of the month and Doug. Wait, how? Now, oh, yeah, because and one, one of his other tickets. employees. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you can bring pork chop. Isn't Roger your friend, Doug? Don't you want to go to this the concert? This sure would be friend? my first and probably best sexual experience. I mean, <laughs> concert, concert. I meant concert. Parody. I'm not sure I want to go without you, Skeeter. Right. At least he's Which, loyal. That's yeah, look, admirable. I, I will give super credit to Doug in this because he makes a decision here. He doesn't just go with the flow. He has an easy out to go to like this cool sounding concert of a thing that he likes, but he says no and he sticks by his friend. So like, hell yeah, Doug, like you're being a good friend here, right? Finally, finally. finally you did it. <sighs> and he's and he's rewarded through no action of his own. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you did a good, well, you decided to stay at home and not really do anything, but I mean, you decided to stay home with your buddy. So, okay, good on you. Yeah, I give him full props and, on this. like, you've, Congratulations, Doug. You, for the first time, made a decision. Mm -hmm. But one thing I want to point up, point out here is, like, I don't understand the Valentine's, like, conception of grounding their kids. Because yes. he gets grounded, but he lets his friends stay over. And he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just oh. leave and go to kid jail. But, right. like... Yeah, yeah. I, it's very strange. Also, oh yeah, there's also just uh, Doug as part of just imagining the consequences of not uh, of if he goes. Just imagining Skeeter sitting alone watching TV like Doug does every goddamned night. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I, but I think it was just to paint like a picture of isolation because he also has none of his posters up except for one. It's just like, remember this, Doug. This was supposed to be our thing, and you ruined it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, it, it was just to paint a picture of isolation, um, yeah. and, which I guess is okay. Doug's life. <laughs> yeah. And Roger finally leaves for why he was here in the first place, never established. And uh, then uh, they decide that. We're going to pretend that we're at the concert. That's not... Well, I mean, you know what? Good on you. That's incredibly sad, but good on you regardless. Yeah, making the best of a bad situation. And yeah. and also, that was Doug's idea. And it was like a thing yeah. that he knew Skeeter would be into because he was playing air guitar earlier. So like, this is actual like character usage. Like, I'm going to give total props to this show for yeah. this moment. Because it's something that Skeeter would like, and it's something that Doug can make a decision about to help his friend. So like, yeah, good. Thank yeah, you. this is Doug regurgitating the thing that Skeeter has baby birded into him. <laughs> Good job, Doug. You have figured out basic empathy. Yeah, for once. Like, I'm good. <laughs> a thousand bravos douglas that's how, that's how like much the show's beating us down it's just he makes just like baseline <laughs> effort and they're just like oh thank you oh something to latch on to oh. <laughs> And anyway, them being super pumped and pretending to be the major stars and whatever and singing the songs loudly makes Papa Valentine blow his top again and screams, 
You're ungrounded. Get the hell out of the house. Yeah. You're pissing me off more. Go wander outside during <laughs> yeah. nighttime. So you're yeah. just not in my house. Yeah, and we learned we learned <laughs> earlier that Doug's regular curfew is like 10 p.m. It's like 9.30 at this point. So it's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, you're right. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. Uh, don't, don't worry about curfew. Just get out of my house and sleep on the street. Right. Yep. Yeah, this is um, like extra cool. shitty of him, like his dad, because like he knows this is like his favorite band, and he's just like, oh yeah, you can go outside now. Yeah, once the concert is already three quarters of the way over, now you yeah. can leave. Ticket. Go get some McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Skeeter naturally decides that he's going to adjourn to the Honker Burger because there are three locations in this town, and school is presumably closed. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the Honker Burger and no one's there. It's totally empty. They're just like having like milkshakes or something. Uh, and they're just like, hey, you remember that time that we pretended to be the Beats? Let's do it again. <laughs> right? So one thing I want to point out here is if the Honker Burger is completely empty right now, that means all of his friends knew about the concert and didn't tell Skeeter about it. <laughs> yep. Yes, and Skeeter's like the biggest like beat fan. Like, sure, they didn't tell Doug because Doug's never heard music before, but they didn't they didn't tell Skeeter, and so everyone fucking hates Skeeter too. Damn, shit. Or alternately, the Honker Burger has been emptied <laughs> for reason. Yes, Skeeter. It is necessary that no one else be there at the time of the exchange. So Skeeter, you're saying that Skeeter engineered this whole situation by scheduling the concert himself and not telling anyone and like telling everyone but Doug. Yeah. I suspect that to be the case because Skeeter needed to make very certain that there was no one else to interfere. <laughs> right. Oh man. Uh because yes, it's all empty. There's no one there but the two of them busily doing their beats impressions. And suddenly a van rolls up to the drive-through. Yeah. And it's And out step four people who have urgently desire something here that will be handed to them in an unmarked paper bag. From their manager. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so these unnamed people that roll up are the beads. They just happen to need to go to McDonald's immediately after the show before anyone else can get there. And their comment among seeing Doug and Skeeter just like playing air guitar is, hey, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I, I imagine it's just a thing of let us support our fans um and that's nice of them but i don't know it's and then they say let's jam and they just join in no dancing. no like the first thing that happens on them seeing this is that doug and skeeter sing their own songs back at them oh yeah the band, unlike any like any real band would barely tolerate <laughs> that shit <laughs> Oh, you've heard of us. Like, this is a well-established thing for, like, any musicians who get even sort of famous. The song that makes them famous, they despise. James Taylor has an entire song about how much he hates the song that made him famous. Like, people pay good money to hear me sing Fire and Rain. Yeah, like, especially I... if this is supposed to be the Ramones. Yes. When I talk about how this show is a poor, like, representation of anxiety, this is one of those scenes, because if this was a really good uh, interpretation of anxiety, Doug would just, like, walk in the other direction right now. He wouldn't sing at them. 
Yeah. <laughs> or he would just like clam up, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. This is completely a fan like again, I'm stuck here because on the one hand, I completely believe that an exchange of dubious nature was performed at the Honker Burger because the band is in on whatever the ritual is. On the other hand, this makes perfect sense as Doug making something up. Because there's no way in fucking hell any of these people would react this way. Like, they just say, hell yeah, let's jam. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine being like a nationally famous band and then after a show being like, you know what I want? Four milkshakes from McDonald's. Well, that happens. Think about people's like And you weird see riders. two children there who sing the song you just finished singing back at you, and you're like, hey, yeah, let's jam, as opposed to, yeah, that's nice, well, kid. Well, uh, anyway. when that does happen, they don't go to McDonald's themselves. Yeah, no. Yeah, they get their They've manager. got people to go do that. And they do have somebody to go do it. Like yeah, they, while they're they send busy their snorting cocaine there. off the ass of an underage prostitute. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold up. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, let's move on. No, <laughs> and, uh, Dad Rock. The people doing it had desires. Oh, God. That's why they went what to a Honker Burger. <laughs> but this is health rock. Four, four vanilla milkshakes, please. Fine, I'll allow them to be snorting dried hummus <laughs> off the back of slightly more legal prostitutes. <laughs> Dude, it's nature's candy, don't you know? <laughs> nature's nose candy. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, so they jam with the beats. Uh, the manager comes out with their milkshakes, and then they leave immediately. And as they're leaving, they throw some jackets out the window of their car, and they're just like, "Yeah, well, see you guys later." And then Doug and Skeeter they grab each other and they go. The beads! And then louder and more excited, they yell, Dragons! Hell yeah! Consumerism! <laughs> right. So, where, remember the, um, I forget what podcast you're telling me about this, but this was a while ago. You know, those people right after Iron Man, when they saw the end of Iron Man, they just went, Comic books! Comic books! Comic books! <laughs> That's no, what that, that wasn't, reminded me of. That wasn't a podcast. That was, wasn't that in a movie theater? Like, we saw that happen during a trailer? I thought or somebody, like, somebody like from YouTube told you, like, maybe. talked about it. I don't remember. Yeah, I just remember comic books. Honestly, exactly. I would not have put you doing that at <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I probably. I mean, I would have joined in, so I can't really talk too much shit. And then we started doing it. (laughs) We immediately stole the idea and used it for anything. (laughs) That's all I remember about Iron Man, though. I did not say comic books at the end of it. Oh, man, you missed out. Um, (laughs) Okay, so then I, I have this in my notes. I don't remember why, but it says. If you're feeling kind of crummy, stick right by your buddy and don't eat too much fried food. Uh, what? Is that one of the lyrics? I, f- I yes. think that's it's supposed to be one of the lyrics. Oh, okay. Yes. That's, it leads that's into weird... the last chorus. Okay, that's a, that's a weird thing I to sing. I think that's the thing that uh, Doug is writing down in his journal at the end of all of it. Okay. But that's skipping a bit ahead here. Oh, shit, because, right. uh, They say, no one's going to believe us, says Doug. Who cares, man, says Skeeter. Yeah, who would care about the things that happen at the Honker Burger? <laughs> another, Nobody, Doug. I, no one at all. Another nitpick to point out here is that the Beats have a dog-sized jacket. Because they give one to the pork <laughs> shop. 
<laughs> I mean, if Porkchop was the fan who knew about them before uh, before Doug did, then I guess they have a dog fan it's, base? It's like that meme about how dogs would wear pants. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> of right now. <laughs> but Porkchop doesn't normally wear clothes. He doesn't I know, but he wears jacket. the fucking jacket. Yeah. Wouldn't you, know, you the thing if you were for a dog? arms <laughs> when dogs don't have those said limbs well pork chop's also the one who eats beets from the salad bar at mcdonald's stands so, upright like a man yeah <laughs> oh shit fucks yeah um but yeah so after they say this roger rolls back in and uh he's like uh you missed a great concert uh, i could almost see them in my awful seats uh through my binoculars but you guys never even yeah i was way closer than you guys got and they're just like yeah wink and that's the episode, right? Yeah, well, he writs about it in his journal afterwards. Yeah. Right. Um, things all turned out to be okay because God interceded <laughs> to make my decision retroactively correct. And right. um, he was rewarded. So Doug makes reference when he's talking about the stick right by your buddy lines. That's from their live in New Hampshire album. To me, that sounds like New Hampshire, right? But usually you don't say live from the state you're in like you say live from austin not live from texas so like what the fuck <laughs> well, live from an unspecified location my guess is that uh in the writer's room when they were thinking of uh fun play on words to do someone was just like huh new hamster and they were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, put that in. Fucking write that down right now <laughs> before you forget about it. <laughs> that, oh, God. Everyone high five for, like, 15 seconds straight. But, but like, this also is... goes back into, like, confusing states for cities. Because I just remember Mr. Bone's diploma was, like, Bloatsburg State. Which right, is, right. like, the supposed to be the city Doug comes from. But you don't say, like... Austin State University, State University of Texas. Yeah, right. no. They, they also... Like, uh, I know that Appalachian State's a thing, but... Um, Appalachia's not a city, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. They also, uh, in Skeeter's room, I, there's a pennant that said, uh, visit Virginia on the wall. Does it? So, yeah. So Go visit Virginia! All right, so we're potentially in the United States. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, and that's not even like a joke. That's just like, hey, by the way, this is in Virginia, right? So I think I think it's because they assumed correctly that the average viewer knows states, all the states, but not the, any of the cities ever, right? It was just a yeah, way to yeah, say that. I still don't um, know either, so. Right, I, I actually, like, when I moved between states, I never had to learn states or capitals, so I just fucking don't know any of them. Um, There's basically no need. I'm still not entirely clear where any individual city on the East Coast is. Right. I won't have to learn that before they get swallowed by water. Except for New Hampshire. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. All right, so that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Um, I don't know, I, I think this episode was actually trending a little bit towards the more positive uh tv show aspects because doug made a choice to be loyal to his friend and was rewarded right i mean that that is a moral right this is among the more technically competent episodes we've seen i don't think there's a single episode that's happened until now that like, this episode had a moral and it stuck the landing on it. Yeah. The individual elements of it were still 
cosmically stupid, but at least it works as an engine to get from point A to point B to point C. Sure. I, and, and that's, look, that's the baseline we're going for here, and we haven't yes. had that yet. And so I will applaud Doug for that in this episode. Doug makes a decision, and because of that decision, I mean, something good happens, right? Yeah, he deserved well, it. <laughs> Doug makes a decision, and something good happens in a way that he does not cause the good thing to happen, but without him making that decision the good thing would not have happened to him so right if he would have went to the very concert much anyway, on a curve here if he would have went to the concert anyway and skeeter just went by himself <laughs> <laughs> that would have happened so right true oh man so skeeter would have actually worked out better in skeeter would have gotten three jackets instead of just one <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a way got... in a way doug ruined skeeter's jacket accumulation wow. Skeeter could have had a dog-sized jacket all of his own to give to Dale. <laughs> Just picturing Dale like in the jacket. That's very funny to imagine like them coming home with the jackets, and then Skeeter's mom is just like, hey, you can give the dog one to Dale, and Doug's just like, no! <laughs> no, this is, this this is, is for my dog. That, dogs! This is for the dog that just rolled in turds all day. He can't, uh, he can't wear it, Doug. <laughs> Skeeter, Skeeter, says Mr. Valentine. Why do they have baby-sized jackets? <laughs> Look, they gotta uh-huh. get the word out. Doug's grandparents just do that, uh, you know that symbol when you pass a trucker and you pull the rope? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just triggers the whole family to do that at once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, So any other closing thoughts? What should we call this here? Let's call it, baby. All right. Yeah. Uh, Good question mark episode of Doug. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I was bored out of my mind watching this. So I was (laughs) bored, but I wasn't actively offended. And I'm calling that a win. Right. Right, All right. followed well, basic plot structure, so... <laughs> Hell yeah. Grats, Jim. Good yeah. job. <laughs> well, uh, let's call it here. Join us next time, dear viewer. The next episode, episode five, is called Doug Can't Dig It. Uh, and I'm excited to find out what that means. Until then, see you later. Goodbye. Bye.